As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Michael Saka. Today we talked to George Diab, the co-founder of Working On. Guys, what did you think? I thought this one was actually really interesting. You know, you hear people say things like date your co-founder and stuff like that to get to know a person before you jump into a company with them. But he kind of talked about it on a more practical basis of like what you can really do in the beginning to make sure that this is the right person to partner with. Yeah, it was perfect timing with George. He's giving a talk at South by Southwest pretty soon here. So he'd really put a lot of thought into the techniques that you can use to evaluate who's the right co-founder and you know the time that you should put into that process up front to avoid problems down the road. And get your legal worked out yeah. early. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is a great one. Let's get into it. 
We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Hover makes purchasing and managing your domain simple and easy. This week, I talked to Max from Y Decision about the worst domain name he ever purchased. So the worst domain name I've ever purchased is probably a domain called Rebarf. I registered that because I was uh, tired of seeing all the same stories rehashed on all the mashable type of websites. And I thought it would be fun to uh, make a website that pretty much did the same thing. And I would call it Rebarf. It's just like barking off the content over and over again. Did you ever launch it? I never, I never launched it. No. Go to Hover.com and use the code Satisfied Customers to get 10% off your domain purchase today. HostGator is the easiest way to get your business up and running fast. This week, I talked to their marketing coordinator, Kyler, about why you should be using HostGator. It's not hard to get online. And if for whatever reason, you cannot do it your, on your own, uh, building a website, doing WordPress, getting started, we're here 24-7. Personally, me, I'm not here for 24-7, but we have a team here dedicated to assist you to get you and your dream online. And you're not alone on building that kind of idea. So we're here for you. Go to HostGator forward slash promo forward slash rocket ship to get 30% off today. You've heard me rave about CodeShip before. It's because they're an incredible team building an amazing product that makes my days happier and my code more reliable. Recently, they shipped an incredible new feature. It's called Parallel CI, and it allows for faster testing than ever before. Early access customers like Product Hunt have improved their development speed tremendously. If you haven't yet, tell your dev team to start a free trial. They have a super generous free plan, and they also offer 20% off three months to all Rocketship listeners. Sign up at codeship.com forward slash Rocketship. Give us uh, the overview of working on. Working on is a tool that helps development teams uh, replace status meetings, essentially, by quickly sharing what they're working on from the tools they already use. Slack, Terminal, we have a great Alfred integration. So all these things allow someone on a development team to update the rest of their team in the natural pause as they switch tasks. Yeah, and it, it really is a great tool, and it kind of meets people where they are, right? So it allows them to to continue to work in the same manner that they're currently working without adapting new tools, right? Right. You're not. You, I mean, although you could go to the website and post uh, your new task, you definitely don't need to. We we have all these great integrations that allow you to post your update from many different places, making it really easy and frictionless to do that. So this isn't your first startup or company that you've you've co-founded or worked on. Um, and you're giving a talk with Thomas Canole, who was a guest um, and your co-host on your podcast, The, the Boardroom. Right? The, board, the Board Meeting. Yeah, The Board Meeting. Sorry. Sorry. It's OK. Um, hey, Thomas gets it wrong, too. So <laughs> well, it's it not really a podcast yet, right? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> we debate that as well. Uh, I definitely am saying it is. No, you can. <laughs> Thomas might not agree. You can subscribe to it on iTunes. So it, it's great. So definitely go listen to it. But you guys are giving a talk at South by Southwest on co-founder relationships. Yes. So why is this something that's so important to you? Well, to me, so being in a few different startups and uh, working with a few different folks, you, you kind of learn that not everybody speaks the same language. And sometimes, and I think that it's not something that should be taken lightly. It's communication is probably the most important thing, uh, especially in the early stages, but probably throughout uh, the growth of a company. And so making sure that, that you're communicating well with your team 
and especially your co-founder, because that the relationship between the founders tends to probably set the culture at a company. So being in some situations where perhaps it wasn't ideal or where I felt it could have been better, uh, whether it was as a uh, founder or just a member of the team, you start to see how things can be better, where the problems arise. And so it was something that was that I had been thinking about a lot uh, at the time when I decided to pitch the idea to uh, South by. And Thomas is, you know, the perfect kind of match to help me with this as he's done a lot of different creative things with his teams and to great success, I think. What was there an incident or or maybe um, one that you can point us to where like you realized that the relationship had gone awry and and it needed to be mended? Yeah, I've definitely been in a situation like that. I think one of the ones that I that comes to mind is I was working for a startup where I think the 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 founder was a, was a solo founder, and I, I think he maybe underappreciated uh, the development team, or at least that's how uh, it felt. Uh, perhaps that wasn't the case. Perhaps he just wasn't communicating well. But he tended to maybe downplay the amount of work, or you know, the to have trouble justifying the the amount of time things were taking. And so I think on that specific team, the, the development team began to like resent, you know, the founder and there was some difficulties uh, there. And it really could have just been that if we had communicated more clearly, maybe, you know, one of the things that I, I think about, I'm more of a development guy myself. So, you know, we have that, that idea of releasing early and releasing often and then getting feedback from your customers. So yeah. I, I kind of think that same thing applies with conflict. And I think what ended up happening on that specific team is we kept being frustrated, kept getting into these conflicts uh, to the point where, you know, there were blowups. And that really, you know, in, a, in an early stage startup, you, you really can't have too many of those. It really uh, ruins the motivation of the team, I think. So if I came to you and said, hey, I'm not feeling heard, what kind of what kind of response would you would you expect to to give or or what response might be more appropriate that would keep me motivated as you know in that situation as a developer coming to uh you know your boss a, a founder yeah if, if i think what i've learned is that if you're feeling like you're not being heard you really should try to start having one-on-ones with whoever and maybe with with the entire team but having one-on-ones with really allow everybody to feel like they're being heard in my opinion, they should be rather structureless. They, you should be able to chat about whatever you want on a one-on-one, whether it's business, personal stuff. But, but the idea of having these regular uh, one-on-one chats, I think, can go a long way with making people feel like they're being heard. Uh, if that's not happening, it becomes really difficult because you don't want to encroach on someone's time or you feel like, you know, well, I want to have this chat, but I know they're busy fundraising. But if everybody makes the time for one-on-ones and you can keep them short, but, but frequent, I think everybody starts to feel like they're being heard, that there's an understanding and it's something. And then if there's something that comes out of a one-on-one, you know, then that can be turned into maybe, you know, a more thoughtful process further down the road. So, you know, when we're talking about co-founders, you start a company, everyone's excited, everything's rolling along, life is beautiful. How do you know, though, that when the inevitable hits, things get hard, people get frustrated, personalities start to show, 
how, how do you test that early on to not, to not invest two years before you hit that or a year before you kind of hit those? I personally think that it's important to, to have experiences with, uh, so if we're talking about founders in particular, yeah. if you are going to, if you're thinking about joining with someone as a co-founder, you really need to have spent some time with that person, whether it's having dinners and seeing what that person is like, you know, with the wait staff or, or what they're like just dealing, you know, in those social situations, you should try to find something you can work on. Maybe you start a podcast together or maybe you, uh, you, you write some things together or, or a good idea is to maybe, you know, you join that person on a, on a hackathon or, or a weekend where you build something together. All those experiences, I think, will allow you to learn more about that person in more situations. You need situations that are social. You need situations where you're meeting other people. You need situations where you're stressed on a deadline and you can start kind of gathering that information and, and, and making sure that, you know, in the grander scale of a startup that you're working uh, with, with a person that, that you want to work with, that you will enjoy working with because you're going to be, they're going to become family members practically. And so you need to make sure that, that that feels right, that that working relationship and that personal relationship feels right. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. Com. That's business.att.com. Are there like conversation points that, you know, could even be good uh, jump off? You know, if so you, you go out to dinner, you grab a bottle of wine. What kind of conversation should you be having with this co-founder to kind of start to weed out, you know, if this is going to be a good relationship? Yeah. And I've actually been chatting with a few people, a few. So I've been I've been interviewing founders on their struggles and their successes and the things that they do. And one of the most popular things is having dinner with either a new member of the team or if you're thinking about joining a team, having dinner with the entire team that allows you to see how like the team currently uh, interacts with each other. So, you know, having some kind of a group thing uh, can be helpful. But if we're just talking founders, and we're talking about topics, I think it's important to, it should be somewhat organic. You should be able to chat personally and sociably about topics. But, you know, we all, a lot of the struggles that we have in a startup are similar. So, you know, talking about an article that you saw or a, a podcast that you heard about a topic and then getting, uh, getting that other person's opinion on what they think, what they would do in a similar situation. Have they ever experienced a situation like that? Those are ways that kind of open-ended conversation ways where you can start, you know, getting, getting an idea of where they stand on certain things or figuring out how they may handle certain situations. One of the things you mentioned that I think is really good is actually working with the person if you can on, you know, going to a hackathon or working on a podcast or a side project. It really shows you a different side of the people you're working with than you'd see just, you know, in a few conversations. I agree. I mean, I think that's one of the most valuable things to do. And there's a there's a time commitment. You know, you may spend a weekend on a thing. And but but the result is that you will learn so much about that person that you can make a much 
better educated decision on whether you want to continue working with them. One thing that I've noticed when I've been talking to founders where the relationship went south, a few of them, more more than often, they met at a hackathon. So they did not know each other before they were participating in that event. And so they were put into that situation and maybe they won the hackathon, let's say, for example. And now you have some some co-founders that you barely know and, but now you have this exciting product that you built and you have a little bit of press from winning your hackathon. And now you're in this situation where uh, you don't know who you're working with and often those things don't go well. So it's better to bring someone with you, kind of uh, bring, bring, uh, bring someone you would like to work with, bring them to the hackathon and get on a team and work together and learn uh, about them in all those different situations. I am fairly terrible for some reason at, <laughs> at, uh, at being able to, to tell until I'm kind of in the relationship. Um, so this is a very interesting topic to me. Um, but one thing I, I, my wife has a better kind of gut instinct than I do and kind of bringing her along to these situations and having her look from the outside in, she's gotten it right almost every time. And I don't think she's any different. I think she's just an outside observer and even just listening to her feedback about how she saw us interacting was very helpful. Yeah, that's actually a great point. It's not something that uh, I have. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that because that's something that I might even want to expand on further. But you're right. I, my wife as well, uh, I will often try to include her in some of these things when I'm, uh, if I was thinking about working with somebody. Uh, she has, a, in my opinion, maybe a better uh, sense of character than I do. Uh, it's always great to have someone else to bounce things off of. So, you know, if you're thinking about working with someone, try to find some other people that have worked with, with them. You can probably learn a lot about situational um, things that have happened, how that person responded. So, you know, these, this, is, this is an important thing, uh, uh, joining with a co-founder and going on this journey of, of uh, creating a great product or a great company. So you need to, if you have the opportunity before you begin working with someone, you know, take all those possible experiences, all the people you can talk to, going to dinner, working together can really give you a full picture before uh, you get into a situation that uh, is difficult to get out of. George, I'm curious, what got you so interested in this topic and kind of the idea of this working on communication app and and focusing on the relationships between a team and a co-founder? They're sort of unrelated, except that, you know, our tool does help with kind of taking out some of the friction of, of having to have a, of have a meeting. And although, so the idea of that, like you might have like a, a weekly or a daily, like a standup or, or a meeting, uh, and those things are important with working on it. Actually, you could eliminate those meetings. And, and some of the teams that are using the tool, instead of having this meeting to talk about the project, since everybody is rather up to date because everyone on the team is using the tool, they take that, they still take the time to have the meeting, but it's more about what's everybody working on or does anybody have something they want to share? What's something they've learned recently? And it becomes an opportunity instead of giving you an update on where am I at with, you know, the, the homepage and the marketing materials, it can be an opportunity for the team to just communicate on a more personal level, which is great. So, right. I mean, you say that's unrelated, they're unrelated, but to me, it seems pretty tightly tied together. I mean, it's all about reducing that friction to those conversations, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it is. Except that I guess when, when I think of the product, I think about it as a way of trying to avoid the distractions of having to update um, your team. The, like I always call it the dreaded shoulder tap of someone coming over while you're working. Like, hey, how's that thing coming? Because I think there's, there's the idea of, of this productivity arc that like a development team is on. Like the, the less distractions you have, the more productive they can be. And every time there's a distraction, it can take – you know, I think I, I saw some studies where it can take up to 15 minutes to get back to where you were after okay. uh, an interruption. So by reducing the amount of times you might get interrupted to get an update or to talk about a thing, you know, your team can be more productive. So to me, the productivity thing is what excites me the most about working on. But the more that I've been working on the product and talking to folks who are using the tool, I learned that by eliminating the need to have a status meeting, they're taking the time to become uh, a team that communicates better. And that's amazing. Like, so it's the kind of the, the excitement of having those two worlds uh, kind of collide. So you came into working on Mark had started it, what, for he was working on for about five months or so, and he was gaining some traction and you joined on as a co-founder. Um, I'd love to hear how you approached your relationship with him, knowing that, you know, you've you've been focused on on kind of making sure that this is a, a good, solid relationship as a co-founder. I'm sure you came in testing the waters, if you will. So absolutely. I'd love to hear about how that that came came about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. Uh, joining with Mark in particular, um, I had all those opportunities before I was even thinking about joining the team with Mark. So to explain that, Mark and Thomas Canole and my wife all worked uh, with with a with a few other folks on a startup called uh, Prime Loop, which uh, you know listeners to the podcast may have heard of. So Anne, my wife, got to really get to know everybody on the team, and really even then always told me how uh, much she respected Mark and what he brought to the team, how smart, how well-spoken, you know, the whole gamut of that sort of thing. I had also the opportunity to spend a lot of time with Mark uh, because our Vegas tech community is rather small and closely knit. So we had many opportunities to see each other at the weekly jellies or at uh, the, the local tech event. So getting to know Mark as a friend, you know, over the last three years, uh, allowed me to to really know about what kind of what kind of guy Mark is. The final thing was Mark and I both had joined an idea accelerator called the Mill in Vegas. He was working on working on, and I was uh, I had been working with a product called Open Floor with a friend. So we were in the same batch of four. They had they were they were funding a new company every week. So uh, you kind of ended up with four four companies in, in a batch. And so Mark and I happened to be in the same batch, which was great. So through that program, we were often working at the, the co-working place together and chatting about our own problems and obstacles and bouncing ideas off each other. So we had some opportunity to kind of, uh, to kind of work together a bit in those cases. Also, when my wife and Mark and those folks at Prime Loop were in uh, 500. I came up to to San Francisco for a week and kind of just uh, casually worked with the team there. Uh, I helped, you know, put together uh, some things for like load testing the system. So I had an opportunity to work and see how the team worked together uh, while there. So I had all these great opportunities to, you know, vet Mark as uh, as a co-founder and 
so when the opportunity arose, when, when Mark had said, in fact, it was in our graduation demo day at the end of the Idea Accelerator, where he had mentioned uh, Next Steps, and he was looking for a co-founder. I just couldn't help myself. I had to just let him know of my interest, and, and we continued to kind of talk and chat and, and figure that all out. And um, so, so I had a great opportunity to really know uh, my co-founder and also uh, was a fan of the product. So it was a no brainer for me. What kind of conversations did you guys have when you were deciding, you know, we're going to be co-founders, but wh- what role are you going to play? What role is he going to play? How do you guys balance that kind of, I mean, the, the power of the company, you know, did you guys have those conversations early on so that there was a clear understanding? Yeah, we did. We spent a lot of times chatting before making any decisions. We had long phone calls and, uh, we would meet in person and chat and there was, you know, a few exchanges of, uh, of messages through Slack. And we were able to like answer all those questions and, and have a very open, transparent dialogue about all those things. I think everybody, I think that both of us were left you know, pretty comfortable and, and clear on, on who was going to do what uh, and how we were going to do it and how we were going to break up the pieces of the pie. And, and, and all f- was, was rather simple and easy. And it was all just about having as many conversations, being transparent and um, open and comfortable, you know, having, you know, what could be an awkward conversation because there's going to be a few of those when you're joining on as a co-founder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like relationships evolve, right? And so like who you guys are today, it changes from month to month, depending on what you're dealing with. What do you guys do to make sure that you guys are still in sync as you move forward? I think it, it, it comes back again to having frequent conversations, remaining transparent and always being open and the, the idea of having one-on-ones is great because it allows you to constantly keep up to date uh, with where everybody's at. So, but you're right. Relationships change. As I was saying, I've been interviewing a few founders and getting their stories. I learned of one story where this guy had a great co-founder. Business was great. Everything was wonderful. They were on the same page and had an understanding. But then his co-founder ended up having some problems at home and had to go through a divorce. And as a result, through the experience of having to get divorced, you know, kind of changed his perspective on what was important. Now a, a lost sale meant a lot more or um, a failed uh, partnership became more stressful because of the things he was dealing with in his personal life. And so those situations are going to happen. And, and sometimes even, even communication can't get you through those things. People change uh, and they may no longer be a fit. So at that point, it's important to, you know, that's where it's important to have all the legal stuff in place and to make sure that everybody understands your cliff, how much you vested, you know, uh, do not take all that legal stuff uh, lightly because at any point things can change, people can leave and you want to make sure that your company isn't fatally wounded by, by something like that. So, you know, I think, I think it's important to be ready for that and to, to make sure that, that the company can handle a, a hit like that because people change and at any point they may no longer be with the company. It's, that's really good. <laughs> really good advice. What did you guys do for, did you guys go in and consult with a lawyer who was versed in startups or had Mark already had that set up? When actually, you actually, no, we, but with, with getting into, uh, to boost, we had access to some great legal, uh, folks here. Mm. And so, you know, although we had, we had an agreement, we definitely didn't finally get it formalized until we joined the program here. And, uh, so now we have all those things in place. 
all the uh, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, so to speak. Nice. Well, that's it's good to hear, and it's something that we often don't do soon enough. You know, even it's really good advice. You know, and legal is expensive, and, and yeah. it's often and you're so focused on shipping or or whatever it is that you're focused on, uh, it can seem like a distraction. You know, I think that as long as you can have some sort of agreement, whether it's, uh, you know, on a cocktail napkin or through a series of emails, and then as soon as the opportunity arises where you can get everything formalized officially uh, with a legal team, you know, so I think there's some ways to like be on the same page in the short term, but you definitely should not let something like that lapse for too long. Last question. How excited are you about Bitcoin now that you're in Boost? <laughs> I spent a week after joining. I was like, "Well, let me research some mining rigs. Uh, what can I? Uh, what can I do on my own?" And you learn very quickly that the difficulty is so high now that uh, I think the casual miner can't really uh, come up with much. But I definitely spent some time researching uh, mining pools and uh, equipment, and like, oh, I can use a Raspberry Pi and connect this thing to that, and. Uh, so it's it's definitely something I'm interested in, but I think I'm going to have to remain a bit distant from that because I can easily be distracted with with the the nerdiest the nerdiness of uh, mining some Bitcoin. So what's the what are you guys hoping to get out of the the Boost VC program? Being the only non Bitcoin company they've accepted so far. Well, being the only one in this batch definitely allows us to stand out. So there's mm-hmm. that. Also, we're we're much closer to folks who might help us uh, raise around or to provide some great, you know, advice or to help us with accelerating our growth. So we're like definitely at least geographically in a great spot here to make some of those other things happen. And there's some great mentors going through the program. The, the there's a lot of great development teams here, so we're getting to kind of uh, have them give us some feedback on how the how the tool works for them and what the tools that they're using and what they'd love to integrate. So we have a bunch of willing uh, teams uh, to to try it out uh, as we iterate on some of the things we're working on. So there's a lot of a lot of great things that um, that come from being a part of the program. Even though some of the content is catered to bitcoins, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of other great mentors and opportunities here that um, are just helpful to any startup trying to accelerate their growth. Is there a, a Bitcoin idea or, or startup that we should you know, be paying attention to right now that you've seen on the inside? I mean, there are so many. The, the very, it's very exciting. This uh, batch in particular, because uh, I've been chatting with, uh, with uh, Matt, who is the um, EIR uh, this, this session, and he noted that this this group in particular was more focused on the application of Bitcoin to more consumer ideas. So there's a startup that is working on on integrating Bitcoin with with games. There's another one that's actually allowing you to wager on uh, on video games using Bitcoin. There are folks that are uh, working on trying to use Bitcoin as a way to send money to people in other countries. So there's, oh, and there's, there was one exciting one that, uh, where you're basically renting out your hotspot 
using Bitcoin. So you can you can basically rent out your internet access to folks nearby. And and the real the exciting part and why Bitcoin really works is if you're dealing with micropayments, something under a penny, for example, that's difficult with current currency. Uh, with Bitcoin, that that problem goes away. And so yeah. a lot of these folks are using the idea of these micropayments and kind of rolling that into all their different ideas and consumer goods. And so uh, you should you should definitely talk to uh, Matt. Uh, who I think you know, and uh, yeah. well, Zapchain, right? Is his yeah, Zapchain a great place to uh, for for those interested in Bitcoin to learn more information, get questions answered. It's fantastic. So, where do we keep up with you and working on online? We're on Twitter uh, at at working on. You can uh, check us out at workingon.co. I recently just wrote a blog post that uh, I'd love for people to read about how a, how you can be a developer's rubber duck. So you should go check that out at uh, blog.workingon.co. So yeah, it was great. You were my rubber duck yesterday, actually. I'm happy to be anyone. I don't even <laughs> I don't even think you responded, but <laughs> yeah, that's you know. But it's so true. Like, there's many times where I've asked, I'm like, hey, do you have a minute for a question? And by the time they responded, I'm like, oh, I got it. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was a great post. It was a great post. Thanks. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. Awesome. I appreciate that. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I love the podcast. I'm happy to have been a guest. (laughs) Well, we're happy to have had you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, George. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And make sure to check out our app discount section where we feature discounts from amazing companies like Treehouse, Wistia, Woo Themes, all giving you exclusive discounts for being a Rocketship listener. So go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials. But don't, 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 don't let them go. Don't, 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 don't let them go.
want to be loved by